Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Hey, Phil Mudd is in the on-deck circle. He is the former deputy director of the CIA Counterterrorism Center and the FBI National Security Branch. As I like to say, Phil's one of these fellows, he knows a few things, and he's not going to tell you most of that which he knows. He's also uh, in TC, what I call the retirement club. I mean, Phil's one of the, he's, you know, he's retired from intelligence. Are you, are you using the air quote thing? I am. Retired? Yeah. Yeah. But always kind of, you know, in and, the D.C. vicinity. And, and he could kill you with his bare hands. Correct. With his car keys. He has just written a, how do you think he likes his introduction so far? <laughs> I think it might be the most unique introduction he's had on radio. He has just written his second book. It is called The Head Game. High-efficiency, analytic decision-making, and the art of solving complex problems quickly. I've read the book. Here's, here's the way I would summarize it. Phil has spent a career looking at volumes of intelligence, intelligence data, and having to make life-and-death decisions on how to interpret 
that information. Early on in the book, he tells a story about preparing with CIA Director Tennant to deliver a PDB to President Bush, the president's daily briefing. I think this one was on unrest in the Pakistani tribal areas. In the book, he's now seeking to teach all of us, you know, we civilians, how we can analyze the data overload in our lives in a way that he managed to do while running our national counterterror effort. This is Phil Mudd. Hey, Phil, what do you, what do you think of that synopsis of what the new book is about? The synopsis was better than I could have done. I wish I could tape that. i got to talk to the producers and see if I can replay that for my father, because he keeps asking me what the book's about, and <laughs> I think you did better than I could. I was going to say at the beginning, I'm stuck in the middle with you, but then after that, in that summary of the book, I think you're doing better. You're on a glide path here, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, this is what you had to do with life and death consequences for decades. It is, but I made so many mistakes. I'm always hesitant when I'm speaking to audiences saying most of my experience is based on horrible mistakes. But the mistakes I made earlier on were on being a really an expert at summarizing information. So, you know, here's a bunch of threat information. I can give you four minutes with the best of them that summarizes that information. It took me about 15 years to realize that's what an expert does. That's not what an analyst does. I, this sounds simplistic, but an analyst sits there and says, here's what you need to know about this information and make a good decision. And an analyst has to have the humility to strip away about 90% of what he or she knows say, I like to know that stuff, but it's not really relevant to the decision maker. It took me a long time to figure that out. You lay this out in five practical steps, a series of questions that begins, number one, by saying, what is the question? Why do people have difficulty in understanding what the fundamental issue is? There's a couple reasons why. One is a modern reason, and that is, if you want to look at a house or a car, for example, you get online and you can be inundated with data in about 25 seconds with you know, your own personal Google machine. So I, I think access to information in the 21st century is, is something everybody faces. I mean, you think my life was unique in terms of access to a high volume of al-Qaeda information. It's the same thing everybody faces, whether you're picking stocks or whether you're buying a car. So that, that's one piece I think that people struggle with. They focus on the data, not on the questions. The other piece that I, I talk a bit about in the book is this sounds ridiculous, but questions are really difficult to come up with. If you sit down and say, what am I really trying to ask myself about, for example, what do I want out of life in the next three years? That's tough. That's going to take some energy. You're going to get frustrated with yourself. So I think people don't want to spend the time in sort of a go-go world to figure out before they dive into data what they really want to know. Do they want to summarize a bunch of junk about al-Qaeda? Or do they want to know how do I look at the current state of al-Qaeda and determine whether we're making progress or not? Those are two very different questions. I'm trying to, uh, to apply your five steps to something tangible in my life, and that is my website. I want to do something different. No, I'm being serious. I want to do okay. something different with my website. And what you're forcing me to do is is to before going forward, frame the, the question properly. What is it that I really want to do you know, with this form of branding for my radio program and my television work? And, and, I, and isn't that a good practical example of the type of thing you're discussing? I mean, I, the it, mom exercise, can I explain this in a sentence to someone else before I undertake these uh, steps? That's right. I, you know, if I were in your shoes, I'm sitting down with the production team saying, I hate to do this to you, but slow down. 
before we figure out who the best graphic artist is, what the best clips are, what the best um, uh, what the best websites are that we want to hyperlink to, let's spend some time saying how do we want the audience to walk away, and if we want to maximize exposure to the audience, how much of that is based on quality of the material, how much of that is based on a presentational style that really sizzles. You've got to sit down in the outfit and say it's so easy to jump in to all the cool stuff. How do we design something really fun on the front end? And instead, you've got to go through the heartbreak of saying, wait a minute here, what are we trying to accomplish? You mentioned the mom exercise, which is in the book. It's something, believe it or not, I used at the agency. I used to sit there and say, you know, we wrote for, you mentioned earlier, something called the PDB. That's the President's Daily Brief, the document the President gets um, every morning. It's not really a document anymore. It's more sort of a binder of information. And uh, when I was the Deputy Director of Counterterrorism at the agency, obviously we had a lot of uh, pressure on us to deliver to the President every day something about the war against terror finance, that is how Al-Qaeda is raising money, something about how we were locating the next bad guy. And I used to sit there and say, before we write two pages and go through a day of pain to get something that's really good for the president, if I were to call my mom, theoretically, I couldn't do it because she didn't have a classified phone. If I were to call my mom, can I summarize the message in one sentence with a maximum of one dependent clause for all the English majors out there? And if I couldn't do it, I would say I'm not ready to start writing the piece yet because I'm not clear enough in my own mind about what I think. Question two on Phil Mudd's list. What are your drivers? What's a driver? A driver is a way to break down a question before you get to the data. It's a component of a question. So if you say, I want a great, reliable vehicle that can transport at least four people because I've got kids um, and is really safe, in other words, I want a great way to deliver kids to school. The drivers are going to be cost. It's going to be reliability measures. It's going to be size of the vehicle. It's going to be safety standards. So your question is one sentence, something you could say, Mom, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. The drivers are the components that you're going to be able to measure to answer the question. And every question, whether it's how do I find the right fishing spot or how do I design the right website or how do I evaluate Al-Qaeda, every question you can break down into key components, and, and the book steps through that. You think these sort of analytics can be taught? Boy, that... Well, I, I guess I'm supposed to say, of course they can. Otherwise, why would you buy a book? Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, boy, you are... I'm, I'm going to play after you. Like, you are one of the best in the business. Every time I go on one of your shows, you ask me questions that make me think, which is not something I do every day anymore. Um some of it can be thought, taught. Let me give you a couple examples. You can teach expertise. That is, I was an English major. My specialty in graduate school, believe it or not, was Victorian novel. You can teach people about, you know, the, the facts about Victorian novels. You can teach people sort of how to write properly. You can teach them, and the book goes through some mechanisms to help your mind work. My experience managing hundreds and sometimes thousands of people was that Teaching agility of thinking, that is, somebody who's comfortable sitting down, looking at both sides of a problem, articulating both sides, not getting their heels dug in too quickly, being willing tomorrow to say I was wrong yesterday, that kind of mental agility, that is really rare. Uh, and I'm not sure that's teachable because in some ways I think that's a personality trait, it's a humility thing. Is this the way that you have always run your personal life? 
I'm tempted not to answer that. Um, <laughs> I believe it or not, yes. Um, I make simple decisions about life. And I don't want to get too personal. Based on what brings me joy, so on a weekend I'll say there are about eight things in life that I love to do. What are the you know what are the things I want to accomplish this weekend? Among those eight or ten, if I get to number twelve, you know, for example, I don't own a TV. I don't oppose TV. But I'm afraid it'll divert me from seeing my niece and nephew, from reading great books. I'm a pretty good cook, believe it or not. I love to learn to cook. I exercise a lot. I'm a pretty good wine taster. So I've prioritized in life. My question is, what brings me joy in the limited time that I've been given on this earth, and how can I maximize that joy every day? And it sounds odd. It, it works like a charm. I wake up in the morning and say, I want to. It, it's not. It's not a driven life, if you will, but it's a life based on simple choices. And simple questions, and it's really been, um, in some ways, a key to a joyful life. So if, if you're deciding what movie you're going to see, what restaurant you're going to try and book, what what uh, suit you're going to buy so that you can appear on TV, even if you don't own one, you'll run through these five steps just as a matter of course? Yes. I've got a, I, I do a lot of CNN commentary. I'm a, one of their contributors, and about, I shouldn't reveal this. Uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, the producers <laughs> called me in after doing one of the shows and said, you know, ha- have you ever bought a suit jacket that fit? I'm a slender guy. Everything I have looks like it, it could fit sort of John Goodman. And I said, actually, no, because I'm not the world's leading shopper. And so they said, you need to get a suit They're very, they're very nice to me, but they, <laughs> you need to get a suit jacket that fits. So I went to my mind and said, look, I hate to shop. My question is, how do I quickly buy a durable suit jacket that fits? Uh, I figured out I won't get into the branding and everything. I talked to a couple people who make good jackets. Uh, what's the closest store? So those are sort of the drivers. What are the components to a suit jacket that's going to fit that? I want a store that's close. I want a price that's reasonable. I want a, a, a maker that makes a high-quality suit. Went in eight minutes out. Two jackets done. Finished. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> The sales lady looked at me like I was insane. I, I said, this is what I want. This is the make I want. This is the style I want you to have. Those two off the rack done. Wrap them up. She's like, anything else? No. I want out now. <laughs> Phil Mudd's brand new book is titled The Head Game. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? 
Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Phil Mudd's brand new book is titled The Head Game. So one other subject, where did it yeah. go wrong? You actually in the book, you have published, redacted, but published nonetheless, a report titled Misreading Intentions, Iraq's Reaction to Inspections Created Picture of Deception. So it's an analysis of where our failings were with regard to Iraq and weapons of mass destruction. In that instance, where did these analytics fail us? You know, one of the benefits I've had in a long life as an, as an analyst is watching and participating in a lot of successes and a lot of failures. And one thing I realized, it's never the small things that will get you. It's not the tactical things. It's not the things that sort of bite around your ankles. In that case, I think the question we missed was very simple, and that is, don't confuse what you know with what you think. You don't know Saddam has WMD, and if you take a red team approach, in other words, if you have a team come in, a separate team, and analyze our gaps in knowledge, not just what we think we know, but also what we don't know, you'll come up with, we haven't seen a weapon of mass destruction in a long time. We haven't had UN inspectors in a long time. We've seen um, Iraq obscure fights so that they couldn't be uh, inspected, that's different than guaranteeing that there's WMD at this. Like, I don't think the analysts could have 
come up with a document that says Saddam doesn't have WMD, I think it's saying there are a lot of gaps in knowledge here, especially since we haven't been able to inspect in a while that lead us to have questions. I think we made the fundamental analytic mistake, confusing what you think with what you know. You write in the book that the intel errors you've witnessed have one common characteristic. They don't stem from missing one little clue, but instead they are errors of critical thinking. What does that mean? If you sit down in the example you just gave, I, I just um, gave you, and we just discussed it as a rock WMD, you could say, let me look at uh, this, this defector report that talks about Saddam's WMD, and there was a defector at that time before the war talking about WMD. Or you could say, look at this satellite imagery showing Iraq um, kind of cleaning up a inspection site before UN inspectors get there years ago. Tactical bits of data, you could say, hey, wait a minute, there seems to be something going on here. I would say don't start with that data. Start with some basic questions. The basic question is, when did we last uh, uh, inspect these facilities, or when did the U.N. inspect them? What is the quality of our human source penetrations of the Iraqi Security Service? When did we actually last see a weapon of mass destruction? And before we go down a road of saying Saddam uh, surprised us during the first Gulf War, and we don't want to be surprised again, take a cold, hard look at a basic question, a, a basic analytic question, and that is, how confident should we be that Saddam maintains WMD stocks if there's this much gap in our knowledge base? It's a, it's the, the, the experienced analysts, believe it or not, are not the best experts. The best analysts ask the best questions because experts get inundated and submerged in data. If you were looking, I truly mean it this time when I say a final question for Phil Mudd, and thanks for being so gracious with your time. If you were looking to recruit an analyst, a young man, a young woman that you wanted to bring into the agency to be able to sort through the type of data that we're discussing, intelligence data relative to terror, what characteristics are you looking for? What qualities? I mean, I, I get the impression that it's not necessarily where they went to school, uh, but that there's got to be this ability, this, I don't know quite how to describe it, but this ability to to think analytically in a manner that you've outlined in the book. I, you know, I did that for years. I used to do some recruiting for the agency. You know, you're right. Um, there are some characteristics that were disappointing in doing interviews and, and reviewing students, the same characteristics that I had when I came out of school. I, you know, I don't care where you went. You're not a good writer. You can't speak very well. You know, you're not good at public speaking. We can train that. What I always looked for was, I don't care what problem you want to talk about. It could be, you know, fashion in 2015 on the runways of Paris. I don't care. Talk to me about what you think about that problem, that situation, and then give me an alternative view. Have the humility to say, I'm not certain I'm right. Here's a different way to look at it. For example, you know, talk to me about whether the U.S. should intervene in Syria. Talk to me about whether it's okay for the U.S. to be sending ships off the coast of Yemen. I don't care what you pick. And then go through a simple three-minute thought process on why you think that. Then I'm going to say, give me some alternative views. And you better be able to articulate without bias a different perspective. And finally, at some point, I'm hoping you say, I don't know. At some point, I'm hoping you acknowledge that you don't know everything. The people who, who want to prove that they know everything 
will make phone analytic mistakes. Hey, Phil, thanks so much, and best of luck with the book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Man, that was the best. Thank you. That was the best. Take care. I'll see you. <laughs> the book is titled The Head Game, and Phil Mudd is the, uh, is the author of that book. I'm a big Phil Mudd fan. Yeah, me too. And now I, I, I feel like I, I, my mind is now full of all these sort of analytical things. And, and especially my takeaway from that interview, how Phil Mudd chooses what he's going to do on a weekend and he does not have a television. Eight, eight things on the list. He's, he's on CNN all every day. Pleasure. He's on CNN every day. Every day. And no TV. And yeah, he doesn't have a no TV. TV. Right. And what brings him joy? He's a good cook. He wants to exercise. He wine. wants to taste wine. I heard all those things. Cameron I Hughes. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program. Weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.